Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Becoming a Bible Nerd. We are in between semesters, but we wanted to keep the conversation going. So we are going to welcome you to our summer chats. We are a listener-supported podcast, and we thank you for your prayers and your financial support. Today's episode is, What is Your Why? Well, a few weeks ago, I was speaking at a Mother's Day brunch at my, my church campus, and a few people had asked me for... Well, if we had recorded this session, and we had not, and so I just thought we'll kick off the summer with this session. There's a few things that can drive us to do the things that we do. Our why can be driven by our family, our kids, to achieve things that we never had before, Um, maybe even the need to receive affirmation for things that you've done, to feel loved and appreciated, to make the world a better place to develop a gift that you know that you have that you're good at, uh, to become known, and the list can go on and on. I remember being in high school, and I never had taken dance a day in my life, but suddenly when I was in ninth grade, my mom fell in love with a high school drill team called the Indianettes, and she wanted me to become one. Well, that became my why. It was important to my mom, so I made it important for me. I signed up for this crash course drill team class, and I had no idea how to even say the words that they were asking me to do, much less do them. There were pot parades, step ball chains, and I had two left feet and felt really silly as a 15-year-old trying to learn these dance moves, and so I'm sure that I laughed a lot and was completely embarrassed. One day or one night at the class, my drill team instructor in front of everyone yelled at me out of frustration and said I would never make Indianettes. And just like that, my why changed. Suddenly, there was this righteous anger inside of me, and I was going to make her eat her words. And that new why was the fuel that I needed to motivate me to learn these movements. So after that moment, I put in hours of high kicks, having my brother sit on me so that I could do the splits, learning how to do these dance moves, learning how to dance at the same time. And while the story goes on with me making Indian Nets and having a very fun junior and senior year, making new friends, challenging myself and growing, I ended up getting the Indian Nets scholarship, which was such an honor because usually the captain of the drill team got it. Um, I never found total fulfillment there. In fact, I had been going on a journey for the past four years at that time in my life trying to find fulfillment, but not doing it God's way. My why was to do things to bring me happiness, but every single time that happiness was fleeting. We can have all kinds of whys, but until our ultimate whys discovered, we will just spend our time doing things that busy our lives, and it makes us miss what we were created for. This morning, we are going to look at Ephesians 2.10. We are going to spend all morning on this verse, and we are going to break it down piece by piece because there is so much richness in this verse alone. We'll bring in some other verses to support it. But if you have a moment, hit pause, open up your Bible app, grab your Bible, and look up Ephesians 2.10. This is what it says. It says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
Okay, I'm really excited. So we're going to take this step by step. The first thing that we learn is that God prepared us on purpose. It says that we are God's handiwork. And this word handiwork in the Greek is poimia. And this is what it means. It's that which is created by a divine being. So you were not just an accident or just something in happenstance that your parents wanted. You were literally created by the creator God. He planned us out before we were even born. This verse says that God prepared in advance for us to do great things. In advance, the definition or part of the definition is God's good pleasure. So God formulated the plan to create you and to give you purpose on his best day. He was having fun while he was dreaming up of you. It wasn't one of those scenarios where he had been creating and he said, I've got something else. I need one more thing. Uh, this will do. No, he was having fun. He was having a joyful time creating you. And a real life example of this is um, in Jeremiah 1 5. God tells Jeremiah that before he formed Jeremiah in the womb, that he knew him and had already set him apart, already appointed him as a prophet to the nations. Another thing that we learn in this verse is that we do have a purpose. Again, going back, we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So that is your purpose for good works. You have been given a particular set of gifts and skills to use to produce good things for kingdom advancement. First Peter 4, 10 through 11 says, Peter says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. So God has placed gifts in your life to, and you are to use those gifts to serve others. Remember in God's kingdom, it's completely upside down from what the world says. The world says, serve yourself, build your own kingdom. In God's kingdom, we, ser- we build God's kingdom by serving others. There is a man that um, I love very, very dearly. He is a very instrumental in leading my dad to the Lord, which is why I have the walk that I have today. And I ran into him about a year ago at a, a mutual friend's dad's funeral. I hadn't seen him in years, so we were catching up. And he had three kids, and I was really close with his oldest son because we were the same age growing up, and I'd asked about him. His son had made a lot of life choices that led him off uh, a good and healthy path for many, many years, but he said that he's actually doing great. He has his nurse practitioner license, and he's working at the medical centers down in, um, in Houston, and he told me this story, and it just was amazing to me. He had a patient that was this grouchy old man that was miserable, and my friend had spent some time with him, caretaking for him as his nurse practitioner, and he had the opportunity one night to share the love of Jesus with this man and actually pray a prayer and lead him to the Lord. Well, while they were talking, my friend got called out and he had to do some rounds and he told him, I'll come back and we'll talk about more because this is just the beginning. Well, after he did his rounds, he returned to the old man's room and the old man had passed away. And I'm thinking, what a beautiful gift to be able to spend somebody's last hours with them sharing the love of God 
and ultimately changing this man's life for eternity. And he wasn't this, this friend that I grew up with is not an evangelist. He's a nurse practitioner, but he used the gift and skill set that he had to serve others, which opened a door for him to lead someone to the Lord in their last days. When we discover the why and operate in the why, then we will live a fulfilled life. Ecclesiastes 2, 4 through 11 talks about King Solomon. Remember, he was the wisest king that had ever lived, and he accomplished so many things. One of the most important things he accomplished was building the temple. See, before that, they had this tent that was a tabernacle, but Solomon actually was given the gift to build the temple. And because of his wisdom, he had all the supplies that he needed to build this extravagant, elaborate, beautiful temple. Well, he did many other accomplishments in his life. And at the end, he looked at all his works he had done, and he saw that it was all vanity and and vexation of his spirit. Well, I had to look this up, vexation of his spirit. And it means troubled, grieved, irritated. Well, His why had become self-promotion, and he chased after worldly things, and this left him unfulfilled. He didn't use the gift of wisdom for the kingdom. He used it for himself, and that left him with an irritated spirit. So how do we know what God specifically created us for? Well, you can only arrive here when you're in Christ Jesus. To remind you of our verse... For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We have to spend time with Jesus. This word in Christ Jesus means to abide with. And John, the Gospel of John, talks about abide so many times. And it means to spend this time with on a daily basis. Um, in John fifteen four, he says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. We cannot bear fruit without spending time with Jesus. Psalms 37, 4 says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. This verse, to some can mean, that God is a Santa Claus. If you delight in him, then you can give him your wish list and he is going to give you every heart's desire. That is not what the psalmist is saying. He's saying when you delight yourself in the Lord, when you spend time with the Lord through prayer, through reading of the scripture and really getting to know his heart, then you begin to develop the same desires that he has. He begins putting his desires for kingdom advancement into your heart. And that is that becomes things that drive you. Just like my why changed when I was in high school from something that my mom wanted me to do, it suddenly became something that I wanted to do. And that's what happens when we follow the Lord. His desires become our desires. Daniel was a great example for us to use and see what this looks like. He was the prime minister of the largest empire the world had ever seen. He was good at what he did, Therefore, we can speculate that this guy had a pretty busy day, yet through the book, we see that he's also always faithful to abide. That was because we saw him reading scrolls, fasting, and also stopping three times a day to spend time in prayer. We can 
also speculate that this wasn't hours upon hours because of his busyness. He was just intentional to wake up in the morning and before he got busy to say, God, here I am. Speak to me, use me, show me wisdom. And then at lunch, after his busy morning, he regrouped, he refocused on the Lord. And then at night, he gave all glory and honor to God. Now, most of us know what happens when we do abide and start living for the kingdom. All hell breaks loose and every demon in hell it feels comes against us. We see a glimpse of this over and over again in Daniel's life. Remember the parable of the sower and how the different seeds get washed away or blown away or uprooted? It is because those seeds were not rooted in him. But when we are in him, when we spend time, remember this doesn't have to be three hours a day, but when we wake up with a focus on him, spend a little time in his word, and maybe regroup at lunch, regroup in the evening or along our day, the word says he puts us in the shadow of his wing. We are protected and we are also giving him permission to be the driver. And this is what this focus looks like. We give him focus to reign in our life. And Isaiah 57, 50 verse 7 says, because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint and I know I will not be put to shame. This is from the prophet Isaiah and is really speaking on behalf of the coming Messiah. The Messiah is saying that he will not be disgraced even though he has to walk through crucifixion. He doesn't want to do this. His flesh doesn't want to do this, but he's saying he is going to set his face like flint which means that he's going to have a steadfast determination to obey God and his plans and follow in his path. This path can be hard, but God or Jesus was determined to be harder, just like Flint is harder than most other things. Whatever these difficulties may be, he is going to accomplish it because he has set out to have his face set like flint. And just like Jesus's face is set like flint, when we are tucked under the shadow of his wings, we can be set like flint. Ladies, I will say this over and over again until the Lord stops me. When we turn to him and we are never put on the bench, I say this over and over. I think many of us get this picture of this loving, forgiving father. And so when we come to him, we can picture ourselves running into Jesus with his arms open wide. We leap into his arms. He swings us around. But then this is where the false belief comes in. We believe because of our past, because of our lack of ability or what have you, lack of knowledge, that he places us on the bench and then he's roughing the people that are the best of the best. This is not what scripture tells us. Remember, he went and chose boys, young boys that had been cut from the rabbinical school. We know they had been cut from the rabbinical school because they weren't in school. They were doing their father's businesses. That means they didn't make the cut. And that is exactly who Jesus went and got. Whenever we follow him, it is now him living in us. He gives us the Holy Spirit power. When we decrease, he increases. And so we don't have to be set on the bench. It is 
we become a new creation in Christ Jesus to get in the game, run the race. It is him in us that is doing the work. We just have to be a faithful, obedient steward of that. So ladies, I'm telling you this morning to grab your running shoes and show up to practice. Get into the race. Get into God's word. We do this together. Go back into the Becoming a Bible Nerd group page on Facebook and in the search bar, look for Acts. Type in Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, or First and Second Timothy. I encourage you to stay in God's word this summer discover who God is. He is going to be transforming you along the way and you are going to be an effective athlete for this kingdom. You have a part to play and your part matters. Your father created you for this. I am so excited about this journey. If you are wanting more information about what your why is and what you can do with it, reach out to us. We are always here to help. We are always here to help you start a group of ladies getting together around your dining room table and studying scripture. So we are championing you. I'm excited about this and I will see you next week with another summer chat. Until then, happy reading.